a little advice. A little advice. Come on, come on, come on, yeah. Just a little advice. Just a little advice with Christine Little. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Little Advice Podcast, a podcast where I, comedian Christine Little, gives a little advice to one of my guests. This is episode number 32 with comedian and writer Solange Castro. Solange talks to me about how to know when and why to finish a creative project. We also talk about changes in the mating strategies of white people. Spoiler alert, it's a play she wrote. It's not an actual like thing thing. We talk about salsa dancing and how do you know when to and why to complete a creative project? And is Solange related to Fidel Castro? Find out later in this episode. If you'd like to talk more about the episode or the podcast in general, please head over to Facebook and join the Little Advice Podcast Facebook group and like the Little Advice Podcast page. Also, please remember to rate, subscribe, review, and share if you know anyone who could benefit from listening to this episode. I appreciate it so, so very much. And some people have asked how they can support the podcast. Well, guess what? I am on Patreon now. I will give you more details about that. And if you go on over to the Little Advice webpage, you will see more info on that as well. And without further ado, here is episode number 32 with Solange Castro. Thank you so much for listening to A Little Advice. Hello, I am here with a very awesome, funny Solange Castro. Hello, Solange. Hello, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. I mean, it's not every day you meet, you know, someone named Solange that's not related to Beyonce. That is true. Although I have decided that in 20 years, like half the population will be named Solange. Like, like boys and girls will be named Solange. I love that you decided that. (laughs) Based on the current, like, generation being born, like, there's going to be this whole generation where Solange is like Jennifer. Yeah. And Malia. Malia's another one. I have another friend named Malia, and no one has that name except for Malia Obama. So Yeah. yeah. Wait 20 years. Everyone's going to be Malia and Solange. It's going to be like... like And Beyonce. (laughs) Beyonce. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so Solange, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Oh my God. That question <laughs> overwhelms me. Oh gosh. Who am I? That's it's so existential, Christine. You're such an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know it's if I have like a job interview for like a regular job and they're like, tell me about yourself, oh. I just feel like, what? I, it's way too broad. It is me. very broad. It's like, what do you want to know? So then let's start with that. Like, what do you, what do you do? What do you um, do? Well, do you let's, let's bring it to, to today. Okay. I, um, let's see. So today I am a stand up comic. I mm-hmm. have, I have a comedy album on iTunes and Amazon and Spotify. So mm-hmm. I think by definition, that makes me a real stand-up comic. Do you think? Yeah. And you've been in the game for a while. And you, and then the thing that really makes you a stand-up comedian is you going on stage and telling jokes. So I think you've got that 
a down. <laughs> and then I am, I, the dream has always been to be a writer. And so I guess I, I have followed through on that dream. I wrote a play that I, um, was able to produce, um, called Changes in the Mating Strategies of White People. And I am trying to finish my book about salsa dancing that I started 12 years ago. Wow. And is that how long you've been salsa dancing? Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. So you're, you've got a lot of different things up your sleeve. You're a playwright, a stand-up comedian, and a salsa dancer. Yeah. So playwright, stand-up, and book, salsa book are kind of all under the genre of writing. And then, and then salsa dancing is a whole other, um, part of my psyche. Um, that is like obviously more of an outlet, uh, a a way to a recreation, a hobby. Yeah. Well, you're, you're good at it. She, she, uh, Solange taught me some dance moves. She has a little videos that she does when she teaches comedians how to dance salsa. And I was in one of them and it was really fun. And now I am a professional salsa dancer. Wow. I'm a good teacher. Yeah. The, the <laughs> web series is called teaching comics to dance salsa. And, um, I've made, I'm going to start making more of them. I've made eight so far. And, um, I actually put together a pitch deck to like, try to get like, try to pitch it as like a, a web series. Um, because I realized there aren't any other comics talking about salsa. Go figure yeah. it out. <laughs> there's a there's a gap in the market there's a need for comics talking about real issues like salsa dancing watch there will be another comic who talks about salsa dancing and she and i will have to fight it out <laughs> well then i recommend you listening to the episode i did with zara mizrahi about how to handle joke theft they'll be in the same realm oh interesting for some reason joke theft does not freak me out as much um, as salsa comedy theft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's so specific. Well, so are jokes. <laughs> no, jokes are very specific. But, I, I mean, I, I'll have to listen to the episode. That sounds pretty interesting. I haven't come across that issue so far in my stand-up life, but does not mean it couldn't happen. Have right. you come across it? Not that I'm aware of, no. Yeah, me either. Mm -mm. I try to do jokes that are, like, kind of... um they're so personal that it would be weird if someone tried to steal them. But some of them probably could could be stolen, some of my silly one-liners. Yeah, I think a lot of people, as you probably know, tell the same joke. You know, like a lot of subjects just lend themselves to the same ideas. So Right, right, you know. exactly. Okay, so Solange, what's your problem? My problema is, well, um question is which one but the one that we decided to work on is um wait which one did we decide to work on was it whatever one you want I just oh, wanted to make like, sure it wasn't redundant with the other episodes is um okay this is my problem is having faith in the creative process um having enough faith in it that you can actually finish your projects and um I will say this, like the two projects that have kind of like come to some completion in my life have been the play, which I produced and it ran for six weeks and it was great. And then it was over and it was like, 
now what? You know, then it was like done. But that play was very much kind of, um, I didn't really have a plan to produce it for some reason. I was just like, I wrote a play. Let's have a reading. And then another reading. And people were like, why don't you mount it? And then it was like ready. And at that point, it was like not hard to, you know, get funding. But like, so that was done. And then my comedy album is another project that came to completion where it's like, okay, it's out there. Those jokes, those jokes are done, you know, time to write new jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of projects and it just sometimes feels like you get really passionate about something and then it's like, where is this going to go? Is this just going to be like a shit ton of work? And then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you know when to and why, why, you know, follow through on a creative project, um, which I don't know, maybe that's just sort of like an artistic dilemma given, you know, time and money constraints and, you know, um, you know, not. Well, let's talk about this a little bit more specifically. So what I'm hearing is that you, um, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. <laughs> is that you are having problems figuring out why you should complete a certain uh, creative endeavor or if you should even complete it or how do you know when it's finished? Yeah. You see, even my problems are just so like general and <laughs> not specific enough, but. Um, well, well, yeah, you talked about some projects you did complete the play, the album. Um, what, what other projects can you think of that you've had trouble taking it uh to completion oh my god like everything you know like I feel like stand-up comedy is um this endless you know marathon and it always feels like I mean comics always talk about quitting because it's like you know I what is this amounting to and it's like but it keeps you know you keep going because you have another show and another show, another show. And that's just sort of, you know, it's like one, a one day at a time thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did start this, I, I feel like I'm not, am I making any sense? I feel like I'm just like rambling. Well, what I'm hearing is that with stand up, it's, it's like an ongoing thing. There's really no end to that. And then people just kind of, st- they talk about quitting, but then they stick with it because they have another show. <laughs> Basically, yes. Um, Do you feel like you're not coming to, uh, you're not wrapping things up comedically or in stand-up? Yeah, it's like I always feel like this, is this just going to go on forever? You know, I don't know. I guess after like all the years I've been doing it, it's like, I don't know. I guess it's like a marriage where you're like, (laughs) you know, um, we've been together this long, but we're different people now do we still, does this still make sense, you know, considering who I am today? So it sounds like you're having a little bit of question of whether you should continue to do stand up. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for helping me identify what my question is. Sometimes it's hard to even know what the problem is until we just kind of play around with it and keep hashing it out. So yeah, that's different than having faith in the creative process or, or is it what, what is making you question um, this 
continuing in stand up because you did finish an album, which congratulations by way, by the way, that's a that's a big deal to record an album. Thank you. It's okay, so my fee and this is like probably where my head goes. Like I'm I recorded the album, it's out there, and then I have this book I started twelve years ago about salsa dancing. And my friend Maria Bamford, who is this, you know, amazing stand-up comic, she was like, Solange, you just need to publish it. Who cares if it's what you think of it? Just publish what you have. Because she's very, like, very much into embracing creativity for creativity's sake, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not judging. And and I mean, but I I have so much judgment and, like, I can't I can't finish it. But part of me was like, am I going to, like, maybe it's like releasing my album and publishing a book. It's like, then I can be done with all of it, you know, and I can go do, I don't know what, you know, work in corporate America, who know you know, I probably something, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I just had this thing of like, like finish these things and then like wipe your hands of them and then move on in life. I don't, I don't know if that, Yeah, that does make sense. So what I'm hearing is that there's like a little bit of fear in even finishing the projects because you're already like steps ahead. You're like, now what do I do? But (laughs) who's to say that after you finish those projects, you're not going to be like, okay, what's my next project? Because you love being creative. That doesn't just go away. And just because you finish writing a book and publishing it or finish an album and, and, you know, have these like arbitrary markers, it doesn't mean that like, okay, I'm done. Like even jokes aren't done. Like I, some people do the same jokes for years and they keep evolving and evolving and it's only finished when you say it's finished. Oh yeah. I, I do the same jokes for years and I don't even evolve them sometimes. I mean, I just, they're just like better jokes than anything I've written recently. Um, but yeah, nothing is ever done. You're right. It's just like you just get to a point where you're like, I surrender this to the universe and I let it go. I release it. And then, you know, and you could actually take a like a joke from, let's say, a joke on my album and revise it and then, you know, have like a something new that came out of it. There's no there's no rules to any of this. Yeah. You could revise it. And do another joke from it. You could put it in a book. You could put it in a movie. You could put it on your head. You could put it in the bed. <laughs> I don't know. I just so what you're very... saying is you can do whatever you want. There are no rules. Yeah, but I don't know that that's the the issue with you in terms of like what are the rules for it. it I feel like with you there might be some um, future, uh, like living in the future a little bit. And yeah. trying to project where you're going to be and how you're going to feel once that's done. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, what, what what scares you most about that? Is it um, not knowing what to do next creatively or is it the process of getting the book out there and all the all the stuff that goes with that? I mean, what scares me the most is that these projects, well, you know, I hope to make a little bit of money. They aren't like, you know, like I need to support myself and, you know, and I just think I, I look back and I'm like, I've put so much energy into all this creative work that like I'm really proud of. Um, but like 
has it been worth it if it doesn't yield, you know, anything financial because I do need to support myself and it does take so much time to do it. And that's the struggle that I have with stand up and Hollywood and, you know, showbiz or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. just, and not even showbiz, just, just like, um, you know, monetizing and earning, um, in time. Um, but you know, then again, it's like, it is also your soul and it is also like what makes me happy and, you know, can drive me. So, you know, I don't like, I don't think the answer is taking some corporate job, um, just for a financial It's just security. funny. Cause it's like, those are the only two options you've given yourself is <laughs> right. Toil away endlessly on a creative project where you're spending so much energy and it's not going to yield any financial <laughs> right. gain or you're in a corporate job with a corporate suit on and you're miserable. There might be some things in between there. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, um, it's just like wanting security, but I don't think that really exists anymore. Even if you do work for corporate America, I don't think security is not really a thing. And, um, I had that, I had a similar issue with that. And that's something that I, I do struggle with is the security thing. And I have a coach that I work with. Her name's Christine Aller. Highly recommend her. But she she says that security is a feeling that comes from within. And she's worked with clients that have tons of money and they still don't feel secure. Yes. And I know people as well who are very successful, very wealthy, and they still feel financial insecurity. So there really is no number, you know, that it's going to make people feel safe. And, um, yeah, it's hard. I feel like I'm so entrenched in, um, this LA life where, you know, doing stand up and writing and, you know, it's all very kind of normalized in our world. So I think, um, I probably don't appreciate it as much, um, as I would if I, you know, didn't, live here in this time and this kind of community. Um, I know that I started teaching stand-up comedy and it's really inspiring how excited and happy people get to just the fear and just working through the fear and, and then the like doing it and having everybody respond and, you know, bearing your soul, like how much, um, that experience exhilarates people and kind of frees them. And I'm just like, ho hum, let me talk about my inner demons in front of 20 strangers. <laughs> well, you're on, you're at a different level. You're in a different <laughs> threshold. I mean, you're like, anyway, I'm molested. Have a good night, guys. Like, I don't, I don't I tell don't. any molestation jokes, but that is pretty common. I mean, yeah. this one is not going to shock me. Like, yeah, it's we're we're a bit desensitized to like saying extreme things in front of a room full of people that we wouldn't say to someone sitting next to us. <laughs> like telling a total strangers about, you know, your innermost relationship issues or you know, or open micers who you kind of know, you know, it's it's a very yeah, we are desensitized to this different way of being in the world. Like you brought up something that was that that kind of struck me and I felt 
is really interesting when you talk about your students getting so exhilarated and moving past that fear. And that does feel good. And I bet like the first time you did stand up, you were like, oh my God, this was, that was amazing. You know, now it's been years and you're like, I do it all the time. It's no big deal. It's Tuesday. So I'm wondering what it is in your life that makes you scared right now. And we kind of touched on a little bit of that earlier. And you can uh, think about moving towards that, which seems a little counterintuitive. But is there anything in your life that that has come well, into conscious that's like, ooh, that sounds scary? Well, I know like right before my album came out, I was really scared. Like, I mean, nothing's happened. Like, I'm not even, you know, it's it's not one of the top you know, who knows, 500 albums out there. I don't, I mean, it's, I'm pretty much, um, you know, fairly obscure in the stand-up album world, but I felt so vulnerable and I had this fear that people were going to call me and like get mad at me about my jokes. And even though like most of the jokes I've told hundreds of times and pretty mm-hmm. much everyone I know has heard them. And I just felt like, so vulnerable to criticism or shame. And I, I was like, I shouldn't have written all these jokes about my dad. I'm a bad person. And, um, and then of course, like nothing happens. Like it's hard to get people to listen to your album. So forget about them, like (laughs) writing you angry emails. But, um, I think that it's like anytime I feel like I'm being, like I'm at another level of exposure, I feel terrified. And Mm. maybe that's justified. I don't know. I mean, I know I feel the same way about my book. Like I feel like, and it's like the reality is people are like, oh, ho-hum, another book. You know what I mean? It's just (laughs) nobody cares. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's just the sharing, creating something is so, that's like personal, you've worked so hard on. And it's like, it, it just opens up all this, stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly. It's hard to put yourself out there. And it's like, even though you're used to putting yourself out there in a certain way, like you said, when there's a different level of exposure, it's it's hard. It's hard to do that and, and put yourself up for criticism and critique and or just some trolls, you know, so it makes sense that you would be fearful. But, you know, people, you, you said people, they're like, oh, ho-hum, another book, another album, <laughs> whatever. But it's not ho-hum to you. Right. That's, that's like, oh, wow, I just leveled up. I just um, had some personal growth. Yeah. And I think that um, I think I am a person who's very comfortable being kind of obscure and hidden. And I love you know, working on these projects, but I, I feel, you know, that like visibility is very, um, kind of scary for me, but I realized at a certain point, like you, you have to grow cause you just get too comfortable in your, you know, world. And then you're stagnant on a certain level, even if you're, even if I'm still writing and, you know, doing, it's like, there's a stagnation. There's something about like what you said, challenging yourself to feel fear and vulnerability that that like as a creative person makes you probably um you know gives you more access to ideas Mm -hmm. yeah 
So what is it about creative, creating things? What is it about creating things that makes you want to do it? Well, I always liken it to like falling in love, you know, like you just have an idea and you're like so excited and it just gives you all these feelings. And, and then it's like at a certain point, and I feel this with my, my book is like 80% done. Like it's, you know, it's, it's almost there. And I just have hated it for like the last five years. I just wish I had never started it. And I think it's like a relationship where like, you know, you get, you just forget everything. You can't see anything clearly and you forget everything that drove you to like love this person or love this project. And, um, and then it's like, that's when you're really working, I think, because you have to, it's just at that point, it's just work. It's yeah. not fun anymore. And it is, I do think a lot of projects just at, at a certain point, they are not fun anymore, but that's when you go like, this isn't fun. I'm just going to walk away or you just have to finish it. And like, I'm only finishing this because I feel like it's ridiculous not to, cause it's like almost done, but it's, um, it's not like flowing out of me at this point at all. Yeah. It sounds like you and the book might need to spice things up in your relationship. <laughs> Are you a part of any writing groups? I, I am. Material? Oh, yeah. Read? I am. Yeah. Have you brought this also book in? I have. I have. Um, I just, my writing group is super supportive. Um, but I find that, you know, like the best thing about a writing group is accountability and support. But like, you know, they can't really get in the trenches with you and, you know, figure out what you want to say. Like they can offer ideas, but you know, it's sort of like you and yourself, especially with a book. I would not recommend anyone writing a book. Like I'm all about like writing partners now. <laughs> like, uh. like it's just, I don't know how people like being a book writer was always my dream. Like I wanted to be like on a book tour. Like I had no, I didn't want, I didn't think I would do stand up or write plays. Like I wanted to be an author on book tours, like really just this super successful kind of like, you know, blazer wearing, you know, <laughs> author and um, giving talks and inspiring people. And then I was just like, holy shit, writing a book is like the most horrible thing in the world. Like these people that write book after book, like I just, I totally admire them because I realized I don't have that, whatever that is. That gives me an idea for you. <laughs> what? Doing a one woman show as the author that you <laughs> wanted to be with your blazer. <laughs> I love blazers because it's like when you wear a blazer it's like you put on a costume you know of like i'm an official yeah <laughs> i'm not fucking around i got a blazer on i know and like writing a book totally came from this like i'm gonna write a book like this idea as opposed to just like like that's the thing is that sometimes i go like am i forcing you know jokes or is this something that's really funny you know like when you know when like a joke just comes to you just because it's funny and you just feel like it's silly and like that is the kind of creativity that I love when it's yeah. just like it's just fun yeah yeah so I'm wondering with the salsa book was that something you said you, you were like oh I'm gonna write a book was that something that came from like oh my god this is such a fun idea or was it like okay this is what I'm gonna write my book about 
It was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm spending all my nights at salsa clubs, you know, dancing with these like Latino men who are like 15 years younger than me. <laughs> like, I was just like kind of thought the whole world was really hilarious and worthy of writing about. And also like there there actually are a few books about salsa dancing, but not that many. And it just came from a genuine, like, this is a great thing to write about. And a lot of it came pretty naturally, but like, I don't know what it was. It's like a book is like so big. You know what I mean? It's not like a blog. You you have to have a lot of pages and you have to have like an overarching theme. And it's like, it's like this big thing that um, I think I'm just a short, you know, like I like jokes and blogs and little things. Um yeah, so I I would say too that you don't have to think of the book as a whole. You can just say I'm going to write a blog post about salsa <laughs> and trick yourself into no. making it a blog post that happens to be a chapter. Well, that's what I did. I basically I was blogging about salsa and I took a lot of my blog posts and turned them into a book. So mm-hmm. but then it was like it just it's like if I'm going to invest, like I hired somebody to do the cover, this really um, brilliant um, illustrator named Siobhan Gallagher. And, um, you know, like I have to hire an editor, you know, if I'm going to invest money, like I want it to be as good as possible. So it'll get done, Christine. Don't worry. It'll yeah, happen. Yeah, and you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, I I had a friend read it recently, and she's like, it just needs structure. So that's sort of what I'm working on. Um, But thanks for letting me talk about it, because this is really good um, book therapy. You're getting (laughs) And I think you shouldn't be afraid to finish it and to put it out there. I don't want to say you should or shouldn't. I mean, I don't want to tell you how to feel, but you don't have to put yourself in the position of figuring out what to do next when you haven't closed the door on what's happening currently. Cause you never know what could happen. Life is insane. You could get married. You could go across the world. You, you know, something terrible could happen. I hope not, but you never know what's going to happen in your life. And although we have ideas for what we'd like to do next, I mean, those are, I guess preferences at best because you really know how, what life's going to throw at you. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, it's true. Like, like I, I, I guess there's the feeling with the book is like sometimes you just need to finish, you know, a chapter, like no pun intended in this case, a book and you know what I mean? Have that experience mm-hmm. of completing it, um, before you can move on. And then, um, I think that's that I, I have this theory. It's not my personal theory. It's actually like all of, you can start, do a Google search on it, but like the last 10% of any project is the most painful and not everybody feels that way. But in my life, I have experienced that like the mm-hmm. last, like the very last, you know, when you're right by the finish line, it's just torture. Just feels mm. like this is never going to end. And, um, that's sort of how I feel. Um, and I, and I don't know what that, I think it's like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to like, um, minimize the birthing process that women go through <laughs> to, to create children, but you know, 
it's a far lesser version of that. But I think the last 10% of that too, where you're just like, what am I, why did I get pregnant again? Yeah. That's an analogy that comes up a lot. Like yeah. creating something new, you're birthing something new and that is a painful process. <laughs> but then once you have it, it's this beautiful little baby that cries a lot. Um, so what, what if any are your, your major obstacles in completing the book now? Um, well, I needed like a structure, like mm-hmm. a, um, like a, uh, what do you call it? Like, like, like my friend said to read memoirs and see how they're structured. And, um, like the one that is, that I actually have a joke about, um, that I kind of hate red is eat, pray, love. Um, because even <laughs> hate though it's, red, I've never heard <laughs> really amused before. Hate red. Have you heard of hate watch? Actually, I was actually just going to recommend to you one of her other books, <laughs> big magic. Have oh, you read yeah. big magic? Oh yeah. I actually like big magic and I like commitment and I think she's an amazing writer, but that book is just irritating, um, beyond anything but it's brilliantly structured. And so I think um, otherwise you have a bunch of anecdotes. And so it's just like a lot of mental, you know, like, like it takes like creative, the creative process takes a lot of mental energy and writing takes a lot of mental energy. Um, so what are you doing to um, distribute your, distribute your energy in that way, like, are you, is energy getting taken in your life from other endeavors? Because we only have so much that we can. I know. One project um, at a time. I know, seriously. So, yeah, so I'm just working on that and doing stand up and then, you know, pulling together a living. Um, and, uh, you know, I teach my class and uh, I go on commercial auditions and, um, <laughs> I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. And the salsa dancing. Salsa is more like a recharging thing though. You know, like I, it, it, I think it's important to turn your brain off, mm-hmm. you know, and to just like, you know, yoga or walking or to just, um, I don't know. I, I actually believe that, um, a lot of writing happens unconsciously, you know, you're not thinking about it, but it's happening. And then it's just a matter of like getting it worked out in your unconscious. And then, um, and then somehow it, it, it'll come out, but I don't know. It's in it, it, for me, to be honest, it's also a lot of perfectionism and that's just like a, um, maybe I need to just publish like a not very good book, you know, and be like proud of it. Like I just need to get over it because it, it perfection isn't even a thing. And I enjoy a lot of things that are sort of weird and, you know, and, and I don't really like perfect things either. I don't like perfect movies or like it just I like things to be a little um, random or I don't know. Yeah. Um, so that's my that's like an issue I have, I think across the board, I think I have it in, in everything I do. The this, perfectionism. Yeah. This idea that there is such a thing as perfection or such a, there's like a, you know, as opposed to just like, it is what it is. It's its own thing. Yeah. And they say like the perfectionism, it comes from, I think fear or something like that. Like I forget 
what it was. I think it, I think Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it in, in Big Magic, the different types of artists. It's like, we, we don't have to make it painful. And I mean, I, I struggle the same things with writing jokes. I'm like, why aren't I writing jokes? Why aren't I doing this and that? And then it's like, and then that creates a certain level of anxiety in me. And that's not a really great place to create from. Yeah. So I think you're onto something with the salsa dancing and doing things that you can recharge with and going out and f- filling up your get gathering all the stimuli that you can to pull inspiration from that will be included in your writing once your subconscious is done cooking with it, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and I noticed like with stand up too, like if you try to, if you can like overwork with stand up and then it's like not even fun when you're performing because everything's like about delivering the joke in the right way. And it's like, it just takes, it sucks out some of the spontaneity and fun of it. Yeah. At a certain point, I notice like doing the same sets, I'll be like, okay, now I have to change this up. And that's when I change the order or I just get really sloppy on stage and don't really do my jokes as much and just talk to the audience or something. And and that helps. Yeah. Like letting yourself be sloppy is not a bad thing. Letting yourself be sloppy. <laughs> And that's a good place to put a pin in it and, uh, until we put come a back pin and in it. Uh, a writing pen, you know, like with a book. What, um, before we go into your creative process, were there any takeaways from this part of our conversation? Um, I think what I'm getting is that it's important for me to just like be where I'm at, you know, and not think about the future or the past and just be, you know, this is like with each stand up set or with each day that I write, just by like, this is where I am. I'm right here. And, um, not try to like, I'm always, I think trying to look at the big picture, figure it out. And it's like, and that's the irony about like a quote unquote career, you know, as a writer or stand up, because in some ways you can't really make a career and be creative in the moment. You know what I mean? Mm. Maybe not. I don't I know. Don't, I don't yeah. know. I think there is a business element to it and a creative aspect as well. And if we could make the business just as fun and creative as the creative process, I think it'll make things easier. But this is what I find about like the business side. It's like, like, I just feel like it takes so much energy and then you're like, Oh my God, writing jokes is like the last thing on my mind. You know what I mean? Cause it's like all this promoting and, you know, booking and it just, um, you know, it's, it's about so much more than, you know, thinking of a new joke. It is. And I, I definitely agree with that. It gets so tedious. Like we're planning this tour that's starting tomorrow and it's been so much work. And I would love to spend that same amount of time and energy just writing jokes. And it's and that's kind of what we're working towards is getting to a place where a lot of this can be outsourced. That's great. 
And then, I mean, us in general, all of us, you know, you as well. Like, how can I outsource this? What's a creative way to not have to do the most draining part of, of this, whether it be promotion or, uh, writing booking requests, whatever it is. Um, get really famous, uh, make a lot of money, hire an intern to do your social media. Well, there's things like freelance, freelancer, um, and there's, you don't need to be rich to hire an intern, especially if you're not paying them. That's true. So there's like, and then there's bartering, there's creative ways to, to save your energy and focus on, um, your content. My content. Yeah, I mean, I, okay, so do you want to transition to the next? Yeah, phase? let's transition okay. to the next phase. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk to Solange about her creative process. Thank you guys so much for listening to A Little Advice. Hi guys, and thanks again for listening to the Little Advice podcast. If you're having a good time, please rate, subscribe, share, and leave a review. It'll help more people find the podcast and it could help them in some way. Some people have asked how they can help support a little advice podcast. Well, guess what? We are on Patreon now. What, what, what? Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash the X teen little and, uh, become a, a patron, Patreon, Patreon, Patron, Patron. God, that's hard to say. Anyway, if you'd like to see me do comedy in person, I'll be at Crackers in Indianapolis this weekend, March 28th through the 30th, opening for Brian Scalaro. Come by and say hi. And thanks again for listening to A Little Advice. And we are back several moments later. Hello, Solange. Hello, Christine. Thank you for being on the show. Wait, you're trying to watch. I'm trying to have a, a, a very... Um, uh, I'm like you're trying to have sex with me. Okay, maybe. <laughs> it's an NPR voice. You have the perfect NPR voice. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. Do you do so, voiceover? I do not. Okay. Well, put that on your plate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> put that on your plate and eat it. So let's talk about your creative, your actual writing process. I know you've got the book, you've done a play, you do stand up, and so you write jokes for that, and you're teaching a class, so I imagine you're having to write course material of some sort. So if you want to pick oh one God. of those. Well, my class is like the re- half the reason I do it is to inspire myself because we do so many writing exercises and when I do them in class, I just, I'm like, I come up, it just helps me come up with more jokes having a can class I, to work Can with. I ask what some of your writing exercises are? Sure. Um, some of them have been told to me by um, really smart, great joke writers. And some of them are things that I've just made up like in the moment, like this sounds fun. Let's do this. Um, but like one of the real basic ones, Brian Kiley, a writer for Conan, told me is just to write true statements about your life. You know, it could be anything like, you know, I like lying horizontal on my couch and podcasting with Christine Little, you know, just like a true <laughs> statement or, you know, I um, 
you know, I ate a whole bag of Sour Patch Kids, you know, whatever, (laughs) or it could be like general, but like those, that tends to really give you like a real starting point for, cause you'll eventually one of those will be something kind of, um, deep and provocative and, you know, it gives you a good jumping off point. That is the best, that is the most powerful exercise. I've seen people just come up with jokes based on just that alone. Just writing true statements about yourself. Yeah. Or, or your life. Yeah. Or about your life. Okay. So I could say I eat, I can eat a pint of ice cream in one sitting and I do regularly. (laughs) That all you need is a punchline, Christine. You got half a joke. I have a, so those are the premises. Yeah, basically. It's like a premise because what I have found in my class is that cuz I I see a lot of people um kind of write jokes about different things but it's like as you know like not everything even if you write a joke about it is really that interesting um but if you can find something that's sort of like charged inside of you and write a joke about that then you sort of have like a you know, like a, the recipe for, you know, dynamite. Um, so how do you find that charge? What do you do? Do you have any exercises for finding the charge? Yeah. I mean, I, that usually is a process. Like, um, there was this woman in my class who's a rabbi and, um, she like hated being a rab. Like she didn't hate being a rabbi, but she hated all the expectations that people had of her, mm-hmm. that she was like this all loving wise woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was, it was just, was pretty obvious to me and everybody else that like, that's her persona, you know, it's kind of like, and, but so kind of like, I was just like, why don't you write about how you feel about being a rabbi? And, you know, and from that came all this great stuff. So, you know, sometimes it's just my idea, but then, you know, they, the, the, the student has to feel good about it as well. I know for me, like my dad, you know, is married to a woman who's younger than me mm-hmm. and they have a child. So like that, you know, is a very Ooh. charged part of my act that gets a really great response because it's Wait, so you have a sibling that's like how old? He's six now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. I don't want to laugh at that, but. No, it's there. Well, that's my whole joke is about how my dad made his own grandchildren. (laughs) You've heard it. it. Let me do it. If you're not going to, I'll do it. That's a funny joke. My dad never lets me do anything for myself. He even made his own grandchildren or something like that. Yeah, I I didn't have that. I don't have that setup, but that's actually a good setup. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's easy to do for someone else. So we don't know, I think, what charges us up. Like sometimes I don't even know what I'm riled up. I think I'm in, I get in denial about it because I try to be like such a, like a good person and I do all this self-help stuff and I'm like, I'm taking the high road. So then when I'm actually like riled up and people are like, geez, calm down. I'm like, what are they talking about? I'm not even upset, but clearly something's going on. Yeah. So. How do you, do you have any ideas about, or what ideas do you have about finding out, being more aware of your self charges? Well, for me, and I've kind of overdone this part, which not overdone it, but I have a lot of my jokes are super feminist, like super angry at the patriarchy. And, um, and so like, I would say like, 
I don't know, like 60% of my jokes are about some way that women are oppressed, you know, like it can be something personal, like, you know, or something general, like women pay taxes on tampons, or it could be something personal, like something, you know, that sexist that happened to me. And that usually I, I get a lot of jokes out of that. But to be honest, like I'm kind of tired. I mean, even though I, I really want to keep doing that, I also like want to have more silly jokes. Like I don't want everything to be like about feminism and women's place in the world. So um, hmm. so I did find that. Um, and then the other thing that that I feel is a charge around is just not having children and just the pr- immense pressure I felt and the immense like shame of like I failed to do something I was supposed to do by not having children, <laughs> and so like I have a lot of jokes about. Now you that. have a bit that that's like I I don't have any children because I, I forgot to or something. Yeah. Well, now I that was an old one. Now I have I'm single and childless, or as I like to think of it, well rested, happy. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. I I I feel like that. So I'm kind of exhausting the whole subject though because like I've written so many jokes about it. Um so so I know those two things are pretty obvious to me because they're ways in which I feel like kind of um you know, I feel pressure, I feel ashamed or put down or something. Um usually if I feel angry, that's a good place to start. Mm. So when you sit down to think about something, you're like, "Oh, what do I write a joke about?" You just it's hard to just like when you're in a good mood to be like, what am I, what makes me mad? So do you have any tips on like when people are out and about living their lives and they're like, Oh, um, um, about how to feel creative when you're just out and about or just, I guess my, I was trying to say like, Oh, I'm angry. Let me write, write this down. <laughs> I don't know. Or like, cause it's hard to think about what you're angry or what you're upset about when I, you're. I definitely sit down to write. Like I, I don't, I mean, sometimes jokes come to me fully formed, but very rarely. So usually I'm like in a writing and that's the, the thing about my class is like, I realize when people focus, like you set a timer, like we're going to write for 10 minutes, people really do write. And I really think that it's, important to have like a writing space even for jokes um because a lot of my jokes are definitely written you know they aren't just like something funny I said like they're they're actual written things Mm. um 